Hello, this is Melanie McMullen and Hannah Hurley, and you're listening to the IoT Integrator Wire, brought to you by the channel company and sponsored by Intel. We focus on integrators and innovators who are building Internet, Internet of Things technology solutions. Our stories are available online at www.theiotintegrator.com, on Twitter at IoT Solution Provider, and on Flipboard at the IoT Integrator Update. And this is episode 29, The Power of Partnerships. And today we welcome Andy Tim. He's the digital orchestrator, ecosystem architect, and advisor based in Round Rock, Texas. He's an expert in assembling a community of partners to identify business solutions, develop them, and leverage multiple channels to bring them to market. He's also a member of the IoT Advisory Board at the Channel Company. Welcome, Andy. Hi, Melanie and Hannah. Thanks for having me on this morning. So let's start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, sure. So so I call myself a digital orchestrator. And uh, what I mean by that is, you know, in, in this modern times with such a large technology ecosystem, it's very difficult for businesses to stay on top of all of the tools that might be available to them. So, you know, a business leader is going to be aware of their challenges and opportunities, their strategic roadmap and initiatives, but can't possibly stay in tune with every new tool, you know, the alphabet soup of buzzwords that are out there. And conversely, those companies that have, you know, great new sensor or hardware or algorithm or software, you know, A, can't be an expert in every domain and also are not necessarily solutions onto themselves. So there's a lot of orchestration that needs to be happening to figure out, you know, and, and prioritize which business challenges and opportunities might be met by some combination of technologies, hardware, software, and services that, um, you know, exist, and then trying to find those partners and bring them together. So day-to-day, I'm, I'm talking to any number of uh, corporations, you know, what I call the technology consumers, and businesses that have components of those solutions that are, you know, technology providers. And I've recently taken a new role with a company called New Vision Engineering, um, the CEO that I've known for, for 20 years, kind of doing this, this same type of work and applying it to, you know, kind of standard projects that you may have run, you know, where you identify a problem in your business, you put out a request for information or for proposal, you submit it to a number of SIs, they do a bunch of work you know, putting together statement of work and a proposal, you know, you sit through those things, you gather requirements, you acquire budget, all this, you know, kind of administrative work that takes up a lot of time and bandwidth that, you know, and say a six month project, you might spend half of that time finding the right partner, figuring out what we're going to do and half the time actually doing development. So working with them, we're trying to find a better way of doing that more in, you know, maybe staff augmentation is the wrong word, but I like the term external innovation lab. So we can dig more into that, but that's what I do every day is spend a lot of time on, on calls with, with clients and with partners in the ecosystem and just really trying to keep you know this Rolodex up to date on what people have to offer and what people need and do a lot of matchmaking. Yeah, that's great. You know, I love the idea that you're an orchestrator. I think that's a great, you know, just description of all the things that um, we all kind of have to juggle in these days. And also an innovation lab, I do want to hear more about that. So how did you first become interested in IoT technology? Yeah, it's it's not in, in maybe a traditional way. I spent a, a large portion of my career um, kind of as a PLM expert. I've been in and out of the PTC ecosystem 
most of my career and was working with large companies like Nike and Boeing and Dell, looking at ways that we could get more out of their investment. And, you know, I'll just say enterprise software because the same pattern applies. You know, these, these big software ERP, PLM type tools, you know, your business process is somewhat confined into the user experience that's offered. And certainly there's ways to configure and customize, but, you know, customization comes with a cost. So I really was introduced to Internet of Things through ThingWorks, which is, you know, a leading IoT platform that PTC acquired, but wasn't using it, you know, in a, you know, getting sensor data from rotating equipment type methodology, was really using it as a way to build role-based, task-based applications, you know, that serve one very simple purpose, where the back end, you're pulling data from some number of disparate data sources, doing some business logic in the middle, and then, you know, putting the data back where it goes versus, you know, getting this data from this system and typing it over there. So it was, that was my introduction to ThingWorks, which kind of said, hey, this is really interesting. Um, I can see how this could help companies that are using PLM in any number of ways. And that was kind of the, the foothold. And then from there, you know, started doing research and learning and, you know, kind of self-proclaimed IoT expert, fake it till you make it type of thing. And, uh, you know, from there, got a little bit more into the kind of normal use cases that you might expect. Yeah, that's interesting. We've written about thing ThingWorks and um, it is kind of a, a very interesting platform. And and um, I know a lot of people are kind of inspired by how it works and it's opened the eyes to a lot of people about the Internet of Things technology. So when framing out IoT projects, I know that um, we write about this all the time, that a, the chasm all, often exists between business and applic applicable technology. So kind of what are your first steps in helping companies mine the gap? Yeah, so the last, you know, kind of quote, real job I had was was with PTC, you know, as the CTO there for a few years. And, you know, we ran into this, the same kind of issue frequently, not all the time, but frequently where, you know, someone, an engineer gets really excited about a new technology that seems like there's two paths, either the engineering team says, hey, there's this new stuff I want to play with, or, you know, an executive level person says, hey, this new you know, business model or this new trend in industry is important. I want to get started. So it seems like projects are either starting with, you know, building something without identifiable, you know, desired business outcome. What are we trying to get from this? What's the ROI? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Or on the other side where, you know, someone is saying, hey, go do some IoT stuff and, and not really thinking about what that entails from a, you know, technology, all those, those components, the hardware, software, and services. So it's, you know, either of those is a good place to start, but, you know, it seems like closing the gap a bit, if you're starting with the technology, that's fine, but identify a problem and what you hope to get out of that first, you know, what is the business value this may or may not generate so that you, you know, it doesn't make sense to spend a million dollars doing development if the return is 50 cents. And, you know, conversely, if you have the business idea, uh, challenge and, and desired business outcome identified, you know, think about what all is involved. You know, I think one of the things that a lot of the companies, the technology providers struggle with is they just want to sell their stuff. You know, I want to sell this hardware. I want to sell this software. I want to sell my consulting services, but that's really not good enough. You know, it's, it's a complex situation. Those solutions require all those pieces. And if the, you know, if the hardware company says, Hey, I just want to sell my box, you know, leave it to the customer to figure out the rest. They're, they're going to be quite ill-equipped to do that. The same goes for, you know, the IoT platforms and the service components. So it's it's really, you know, I think about 
this process of what could we do, what should we do, what are we going to do? And it's a constant triage of the business challenges and opportunities at hand kind of intersected with the available technology. So it's, you know, I, I call these little rankings a uh, business impact store, score and a complexity score. So there's some, you know, kind of calculus that goes on to say, okay, this project has a ton of business impact, but it's very complex. It needs six partners and the one technology really isn't ready yet versus, you know, this is super, super easy to do, but it's not really going to drive that big of a bang for your buck. So I think, you know, long-winded answer here, but thinking through that math a little bit about who all needs to be involved and what's the business impact, um, you know, a little planning goes a long way type of thing. Right. No, that's a, that's a great plan. And I feel like people make that mistake so often of just um, having one, but not the other. So, you know, it's kind of building on to that. What are some of your processes for actually mapping um, the technology to the business opportunity? Yeah, that's, you know, this might be a good time to come back to this innovation lab, external innovation lab, and, and talk about some of the challenges. You know, businesses that have been around for a long time just kind of inherently, you know, think they can do things the way they've always done things. And it's very complicated and scary sometimes to come to the realization that, you need to go outside of your walls. You know, I like to use this analogy of, of a whiteboard. I've got a big whiteboard on my wall. If that represents all the knowledge in the ecosystem, you know, you draw a little tiny coffee cup size circle in the lower left-hand corner, that's the knowledge that your company has internally, you know, and, and if that's the only area in which you're thinking of new things, you're, you're going to miss out a lot. You know, that, yeah, that you're going to need more coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, businesses, when I use that immediately kind of say, oh yeah. And then, you know, make it worse. And you say, well, and by the way, that whiteboard is doubling in size, you know, every day or two. So, so you kind of first kind of have to come to the realization that in order to maximize, you know, the business return, the, the ways that you're looking at your next product or service or business model or whatever your strategies are, you need to be aware of, you know, all the things that are out there, which is incredibly difficult to do. So the, the concept of this, you know, innovation, external innovation lab is having a digital orchestrator, someone that understands the domain well enough to ask good questions. It's not an expert, but also has, you know, a great grasp on all of the tools that are out there. And it's, you know, it's just consultative conversation. And that's back to this, what could we do? What should we do? What are we going to do? So the process that I use is a you know, very short conversation, you know, an hour maybe, where we're saying, what are all the things that might be helpful to your business? You know, if we had this, if we could solve that problem, if we could, you know, make this disappear, whatever it might be. So we're just listing those, you know, quick and dirty. And then we pass through those again. That's that's kind of what could we do. And then there's a pass that starts to, you know, put that complexity score and that business impact score together. You know, each company is going to be different. We're calling upon projects they might have done in the past, you know, artifacts that they might have built already, you know, lessons learned. That's never going to work. You know, maybe it's... Uh, you know, a cultural thing or something they tried in one country that failed miserably, any type of impact, you know, whatever it might be that helps us kind of reprioritize and triage that, that list. And then there's kind of a third click, you know, double click, triple click into this. This is all right, well, this one is rising to the top. Now let's go plan this thing out. You know, I, I say decompose into the wedges. I use this analogy of trivial pursuit with the little plastic triangles, you got to get all of them to win the game. That's in this great. analogy, those, you know, those represent 
the jobs to be done for some solution to deliver value. And that's, that's everything, you know, like I said, hardware, software, and services, but that's just kind of the big categories we're talking about, you know, who's going to install this, who's going to support it, who's going to do training, you know, who's going to come in and, and fix the camera when it breaks, all those jobs need to be identified for. And, you know, you might get 15 of those wedges. And then we look through and say, all right, well, which of these can my company do? Which of these, you know, do we have the hardware for? Which do we have skills to meet? Then we look at our existing partners. Who do we already have relationships with that can fill in the rest of those? And finally, whatever's left is the digital orchestrator needs to go find those players in the ecosystem. And then we get everyone to the table. And we talk through a lot of those things like, can we make money on this? Can we build this thing for less money than, you know, it's going to generate? And then it's, you know, there's a continuous loop through that process. So, you know, mentally, when I think of this external innovation lab, you've got, you know, whoever's in charge of innovation in your company paired with this digital orchestrator that sits at that table, but has connection into, you know, a myriad of, of partners in the, in the ecosystem. So hopefully that kind of made sense. Yeah, no, that's super interesting on how the how your processes work. And I think a lot of companies don't go through that. And, you know, they make a lot of mistakes because they don't. So based on some of the projects that you've worked on, what do you see as the real business value of IoT technology? Oh, wow. That's that's a big one. Yeah, it's um, a loaded question. Sorry. <laughs> you know, first of all, my and I think, you know, there's a lot of people that, that think this way as well. IoT is such an overloaded term. It's you know, it, it's not like one day we just woke up and machines were talking to each other 10 years right. ago. People have been doing yeah. this for a long, long time. I think it's just kind of gotten a lot more um, tangible with, you know, shrinking costs of hardware and sensors. And, you know, now you can get a, a, a cell signal or network coverage just about anywhere on the planet and it's more reliable and the speed is there. So with those things, you know, becoming more real, the, the door opens to do all sorts of things. So, so I think the, you know, the value that's going to be gained is, is going to be different for each type of company. And, you know, if you go back to my, you know, my answer and how did I get started on this, you know, we're using an IOT platform to do something that most people would not say is IOT, but for me, so if, if it's, you know, I think the, the real way I look at this is, and this really isn't an IoT thing, but how can we get, you know, how can we leverage in creative ways existing technologies to get more value out of the stuff we've already paid a lot of money for? So if you've, you know, that that's a broad answer, but if, you know, if you're in a, in a factory and you're trying to keep your equipment running, you know, that's an IoT solution. If you're trying to, you know, take your ERP system and make it more accessible and, you know, have these procedures be more streamlined, that's a good value. So I think it's, for me, each company should think less about trying to fit themselves into solving, you know, a quote IoT problem and more into that triaging type of patterns. Like what are the biggest challenges we have and can these be solved with known patterns that someone may have already done in the IoT space? Or is there a way that we can build it ourselves or, or you know, with some help by leveraging, you know, the components that are there, they just haven't been assembled yet. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really interesting way to look at it. Hey, Andy, this is Hannah. I'm going to jump in here and ask you some questions. I love the idea of you being a digital orchestrator, and I'm thinking about a conductor in a big symphony. And I'm wondering what types of partnerships for the software folks, for the services, or for the hardware, what type of partnerships do they need to bring together um, to have success in this IoT ecosystem? Yeah, that's another question with, with a whole lot of potential answers. 
answers. You know, I think that really is the complexity that that I think it, you know this digital orchestration concept solves. You know, if you're if you're the technology consumer in any you know number of industry segments, you know you're going to have to find the systems integrator that has expertise in that segment. And then are you just re- relying on them to bring together the right hardware software partners? You know, the the big consulting firms have typically already made their alliances. So you're, you're getting, you know, somewhat of a biased answer to who might be the best in whatever segment, you know, if you're the systems integrator, you know, there's a growing list every day, there's more companies to choose from, you know, how do you know that you've chosen the best, whatever software platform or, you know, sensor, you know, I think it's a, this is kind of the heart of the challenge is that it's, you know, if you go back 20 years ago and you wanted to install an ERP system, it was, you know, relatively simple, not, you know, not that it's easy to go hook that stuff up, but the the choices you need to make are relatively few, you know, you pick your enterprise software and you pick the SI that's going to screw it in and you're for the most part finished, you know, in, in the, in the new world, you've got literally an infinite number of things that could be built and a nearly infinite number of potential components that go into that solution. So it's, it's, I don't think there's a simple answer to that where you'd say, okay, if you've got these three partners, you're done because you might be done for that solution today, but tomorrow it's not the same three partners. So, you know, I think the long-winded answer is, is really you need to have a new type of partner, somebody that has that high level overview of what's the art of the possible, who's out there. You know, what I'd really like to see happen shifting gears a bit is, there, there's such minimal reuse these days. So the problem that you are trying to solve as a technology consumer has probably been solved elsewhere, but you just don't know about it. And it wasn't done in a way, you know, there still remains to be found any, you know, really successful kind of marketplace of solutions. I know you had on Intel with their ready-made solutions. That might be the closest, but, you know, it seems like we're solving the same problems over and over again, going through the same challenges so I think having that person that's got broad visibility into what's been done already, what's new in town, you know, from a technology perspective, also from a business model perspective, you know, what, what are people doing differently? Things like, you know, power by the hour and, and, you know, you never own the asset, you just get the value that it, that it delivers type of thing. So I think your partners, you know, maybe it's just adding one new partner that is, you know, this digital orchestration concept is a good start, but um, yeah, that's a tough question because I don't think there's a super concise answer to, you know, you did these, this discrete set of partners and you're good. It's going to change frequently. Well, what do you do when they're competitive? Yeah, that's, we dealt with this problem quite a bit in, in uh, some of my past roles. And I think it's, you know, having an answer that I was using. So as an example, you know, historically, if you've got big corporation A and big corporation B, and they're going to try to build some strategic partnership, you know, this is a heyday for the lawyers. You're going to spend months building out this document that says, you know, you're going to do this and we're going to do that. Here's, you know, every conceivable situation is accounted for. And by the time you get that done, the opportunity you wanted to partner up with is, is long gone. So, you know, what I was promoting are these, this, an idea of a, a solution-based partnership. So if we're using hardware from company A and software from company B and consulting services from C, we say, okay, here is the thing we're trying to build. Here's the value it delivers. Here's the, you know, market segment we're, we're pushing into. Here's how we're going to go to market. And in that well-defined circle, here's how we're acting and treating each other. Over there, we might be competing head to head, but in this scenario, these are, you know, these are the rules. 
And, uh, you know, I think that's one of those bridges that a lot of companies are going to have to cross is that in some cases, you're going to be a perfect synergistic partner with a big company. In other cases, you're going to be at each other's throats and you're just going to have to figure out how to be okay with that. <laughs> I liked you talking about the Trivia Pursuit um, triangle and all the different cubes. And I'm wondering, in your experience, which one is most often missing? Where where should, if someone's thinking, I want to hit that spot where no one is, what, sh what is that in your experience? Well, again, I think it's going to be different in, in each scenario, you know, so some company might have really, really strong DevOps or IT support, you know, they can maintain and upgrade and, and do uh, help desk for whatever comes their way. So that, you know, that they don't need to go externally to find that wedge. You know, other companies might have all the hardware in the world, no problem. We know how to find sensors. You know, we're super good at, at the techie stuff. You know, other other companies might, you know, not have any, we don't know how to, we don't know how to manage this project. You know, we're, we're a bunch of uh, really, really smart engineering folks or coders, but we're not uh, all that well. All that, I'm thinking about myself here, really not that great at, at managing a project. So, so I think it's, it's really from the technology consumer point of view, knowing, you know, having an assessment of what are your own assets and capabilities, you know, from the, from the tech provider's perspective, again, I think it comes back to that, you know, normal sense that you just really want to sell your stuff. You know, if I've got this hardware box, I want to sell that box. That's primarily what keeps my business alive. But if that box by itself doesn't do anything, you know, these, that's, you know, I think the biggest challenge is with an IoT platform specifically, you know, if legacy, historically, you were selling enterprise software, you know, to my earlier point, that's relatively simple. I sell it to you, you hook it up and it works. You know what it's going to do. Now you've got this platform that doesn't do anything out of the box. You first got to go figure out what problem you're solving. So I think, you know, the, the way to answer that is to think through, okay, well, who are the, you know, what are we trying to do here? So if, you know, if you're trying to automate your factory, clearly you're going to need, you know, certain things that's, that's obvious, but okay, well, let's think through, you know, we're trying to put some anomaly detection on a piece of rotating equipment off the top of your head. You're going to need some sensors. You're going to need some edge hardware. You're probably gonna need some, you know, IOT platform and maybe, you know, some cloud support. Well, now who's going to install those sensors? Do I need to run cabling to those things? You know, what happens when, when one breaks all those questions, you know, you know, I've been told, oh, you're making this too complicated. I, you know, my kind of flip response is I'm not making it complicated. It is inherently that complicated. And if we're not trying to solve, you know, as a, as a technology provider in any of those wedges, if we're not helping our client figure out where they're going to solve for those things, we're leaving it to them to solve that complexity. You know, you're going to, you're going to not get too far. I know we're getting close to the top of the hour and our time with you. So I want to close with a question about the future. What do you see as the biggest growth area for IoT in 2023? Oh man, that's kind of like the other question about IoT. It's it's broad. I, I think it's I think people are starting to realize that it's, you know, it's a lot more than machine to machine communication and sensors. And we've all seen the, you know, endless list of use cases with, you know, the fridge ordering the milk and the you know, all this, the stuff that's starting to happen, you know, I think you're starting to see, I know we're starting to see, you know, IOT use cases become more mainstream. You know, we just had a sprinkler system put in that, you know, we've had little measurement 
things out there. If it rained the night before, it won't sprinkle. Well, now they're getting smarter where there's actually, you know, moisture sensors in the different zones in the yard. And if, even if we did get rain, but that one quadrant didn't get enough water, it's still going to sprinkle, you know? So I think we're going to see these, you know, these applications start to, to pop up where, you know, we're demystifying a little bit. So in the, you know, kind of in the corporate world, I'm hoping that, you know, we start thinking about this more broadly, you know, like I mentioned before about not just, you know, kind of the typical sensors and machine to machine communication and ubiquitous network connectivity kind of buzzwords that float around in the IOT description, but in, you know, this constant process of looking at your business challenges and opportunities and applying in a creative way, technologies that, that exist. So I'm not sure if that's really the answer you're looking for, but I think that's where we're going to, you know, we've had these huge numbers, you know, 11 trillion in economic impact by whatever it was, 2025. And maybe we'll see that, maybe we won't, but, you know, for those huge numbers to be realized, it's got to be a, a, you know, a much bigger target and, you know, broader application of this type of thing. And they're out there. It's really not very difficult to find applicable solutions, you know, things that we can build or have been built already or, you know, patterns that have been followed. So the, you know, it's a 80% app or something that just needs to, you know, we take what we learned there and we apply it over here and you're going to get value in, you know, a very short period of time. So I think that's what, you know, what I'm interested in, in trying to move the needle on is helping businesses understand that IOT does not need to be, you know, this five-year roadmap with every conceivable, you know, idea fully fleshed out. Yes, you need to have a strategic roadmap, but you can get value in the very near term by leveraging, you know, whether it's someone calling themselves a digital orchestrator or not, you know, looking for quick wins by repeating what's already been done already, or by having someone that can map technologies that they might've heard of, but don't really know, you know, all there is to know about them, how it might be applied. It's like, oh, you've got that challenge. I know this company over here that already builds that thing. Boom, you're, you're off and running. So I think, you know, to summarize, it's, it's, taking some of the mystery out of this and being paralyzed with, with, oh my God, this is so complicated. I got to think through all these years of planning before I start. Yes, you need to do all that. But at the same time, there are solutions that are either existing or could exist quickly that, that will move the needle. Thanks, Andy. You're, you're really in a nice sweet spot of the technology. And I know um, just from all the companies we've been writing about that um, they need people like you to help them put, pull it all together. <laughs> Well, we're, uh, we're looking for those people that need us. So there's, yeah. you know, that that's a beauty of what I've been doing for the last couple of years is just, you know, kind of honing this message with anyone that'll listen. And it turns out there's lots of people that think this way. And, and, you know, that's kind of what we've been doing. The other company that I'm running is called Manifest. And it's, you know, it's early stage and we've got a lot of ideas and, you know, we've got a long way to go to become quote real. But it's it's not really so much a company to itself, but it's it's more of a collection of people that think in a similar way. So that ecosystem I talk about are you know these people that we've had these discussions with, or I've known for a long time, or have come to some of the events that I've you know that I host in my backyard. That we get ten or twenty people like this together, and we you know talk through some business stuff, and we have some Texas barbecue and some drinks, and you know we've had like three companies start in the backyard on those things. You know, we've got this huge ecosystem of people that are, that think like this. So, you know, it just goes a long way if we get, you know, an opportunity to collaborate with a company around their challenges and opportunities. You know, I don't think I've ever had one of those discussions that didn't end in something of value very, very quickly. Yeah, that, that's fascinating. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this was fun. Thoughts.
So this is Melanie McMullen and Hannah Hurley, and you've been listening to the IoT Integrator Wire, sponsored by Intel. You can learn more about IoT solutions on our website at www.theiotintegrator.com or follow us on Twitter at IoT Solution Provider and on Flipboard at the IoT Integrator Update. Thanks for listening and stay connected. Thank you.